Welcome, official bitches and fellas. So, I know I promised you guys this episode last week, but we didn't end up uh, recording until like late Friday night, and I didn't start editing until Sunday. So, you guys actually got it on the day that I'm supposed to release because I didn't have another episode to release today. So, um, let's see. Recap to last week's episode. You know what? You guys loved the fish tank episode. I got, I know I always say this, but I seriously got a lot of responses for fish tank episode. A lot of people related. Um, majority of you though, that thing that made me the most happy about fish tank was a lot of you wrote me and was like, um, you know what? I seen it. I heard it in your voice that you have grown tremendously and, um, let me tell you guys a quick little, um, story time. Um, sorry if you hear my kids screaming. Um, so over the weekend, my ex and I had gotten into a huge argument over something and, um, in our argument, you know, we're arguing with each other. We're, you know, telling each other shit and during our argument, he tells me, you're the biggest mistake of my life. I wish I would have never met you. I wish I would have never had anything to do with you. If I could only go back in time, blah, 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 right? So as he's telling me this, I'm literally driving and I'm like, hurry up and talk. Like, it, go, 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 you know, like keep going. And then once we get off the phone, which we never argue over the phone, but that day we did because I was heated about something. Um, so... Um, and not like personal. I was heated about something with the children. Um, so I end up hanging up and I'm driving and I'm frustrated. Like I'm so frustrated with the situation. And then I like drop off the kids and I'm thinking like, holy fuck. Um, like I'm, I was just told by the man that I loved and didn't think I'd ever get over. And like, I don't like the, the amount of love that I have for him and how much he can actually hurt me. And he said, he just told me he regretted me and he wished he never met me or along those lines. Like, I don't know what it was like actual, actual. Um, and it didn't touch me. And I remember like, I literally sat in my car and was like, holy shit. I just had to come to Jesus moment. Like, he could not touch me with that. It didn't even phase me that he said it. And I literally kept thinking about it over and over and over. I went away for the weekend and I kept thinking about it the whole time I was driving down there to see if feelings would even come to me because he said that to me. And I like almost replayed it in my head over and over and over. And I was like, oh my God, Tina, like you fucking conquered this. Like it's not getting to you. It's not even touching you. Like you don't even care that he said that. And it really was like, for me, like the best feeling in the world. I even called Viv and was like, can you believe this growth? I told Nina, can you believe this growth? Like it was literally like the moment that I felt like I crossed over to the other side and he, I am no longer touchable to him. Like, and I've, I've known that, like, I've, I've felt that for like a couple weeks now, but to actually have someone say something like that, that would be so hurtful in general. Um, and I was just like, okay, yeah, fuck you. 
Like, it was just like, whatever. Like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even realize he even said it much when he said it. Like, I heard him say it and I was like, okay, her, okay, whatever. But I didn't, it didn't, I didn't dwell on it. I didn't hold it, nothing. It was crazy to me. So the fact that you guys tell me, like, you guys, you've grown so much, you can hear it in your voice, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was like, at that point, I was like, it was almost like I heard you guys like, yes, bitch, like the crowd cheers, the crowd goes wild, like fucking Tina did it, like, right? I don't know. Um, so this is probably some of the worst editing in this episode that I've done in a while. Um, because I like did it in bits and pieces and I've noticed a lot of mistakes. Maybe you guys won't, but if you do, please ignore it. And if you want to talk shit, you can, but I'm new to all this shit. Um, let me give you quick little updates for the ones that care. (laughs) I had one friend write me and was like, Tina, I'm going to give you a signal when you're around the doctor, like blink twice. If you need help, I fucking died. Um, (laughs) I'm for all of you concerned, I'm almost like a hundred percent sure I'm not going back to the doctor or our life. Um, the doctor actually is supposed to come up today to see me. Um, but I don't, I don't think we're going down that route. Um, we've, we literally like, he cannot handle me at all. And the way that I am, like I said, is completely different from before. I don't even think it would be something that he was going to, he would present in the end because it's that much different than what I was when I was with him originally. Cause like I said, we're talking like a year. Um, and guys, all the noise from my kids, I swear they're fine. They're actually fighting, um, a nap right now. Like they're not going to sleep. Um, so they, terrible twos is a thing guys. And especially with triplets, like literally they spend three hours in their room for nap time and they probably sleep about an hour and 10 minutes because they need to play for that entire first half. But anyways, um, and, um, what's going on? Uh, that's it. I think, uh, there's, Oh, I have another story, but I'm, I'm gonna, you know, it's funny. So I'm going to tell you guys, I hate when I do this. I hate myself just so you guys know. Um, there's this guy that I talked to literally for like three days and I started talking to him because on his Tinder profile, he had a brand new Jeep, a brand new, like beautiful truck. I don't even like think it was like a Sierra or something. You can tell it's like a brand new one. He had like two jet skis on the trailer. He had quads and a razor and he was like in a beach house and I mean a lake house. And I was like, man, you know, let me, he was handsome. He was very handsome, but it was just a face shot, but you can tell he was like a big guy. So anyways, we start talking and we're like chit-chatting back and we match and we start talking, we're chit-chatting back and forth. And then he sends me like a full picture, like a full face and body picture And I like a big guy. Like I'm, I'm into bigger guys. Like if you're a bigger guy, I like the idea of it because it's like a safer thing. But the, if you're a bigger guy, you also have to have the height. That's just how I am. Well, this guy didn't have much of the height. He was definitely under six foot, um, definitely taller than me, but it like under six foot. So I'm like, eh, I'm telling like my girlfriends, like Nina and Viv and Monica. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like he, he's short and like, he's, he's big, he's a big guy, but he's like big, like fat almost. 
And, but, like, he's short. He doesn't have the hype, blah, blah, blah. And Viv's like, I don't give a fuck what you think, Tina. Like, he has all this shit. Like, you're you're going. We're marrying for money. Do you remember this? And I was like, you're right. You're right. I'm marrying for money. So I literally told myself, like, I'm taking one for the team. As I talk to him, I find out he has a cabin in Big Bear. He has a house on the lake in Lake Tahoe. Um, or not Lake Tahoe. Havasu. Um, he, like, has never been married. He has one daughter. Like, all the things like he's perfect right and I'm like okay fine I'm taking one for the team I'm taking one for the team over and over I keep telling myself this in my head and then randomly he ghosts me he's like hey I have a meeting right now I'll get back to you in a little while and then he ghosts me and I'm like what the fuck like I was taking one for the team you asshole (laughs) like I was not happy about it but anyways um I don't know why people ghost me and Nina had a whole conversation about that like some of them just fucking disappear for no reason. Like this guy, like we were fine all day, but something I said must have like been brewing in his head. And then he was like, deuces. I don't know. Anyways, enjoy today's episode. Um, I will be back with a great episode next week. Um, I really want to do that rec table I keep talking about. So I'm hoping I can get it done this weekend. I don't think I'm going anywhere this weekend. Anyways, um, have a great week, I guess, right? I don't know. Good morning. All right. Bye, bitches. Bye, fellas. I am here with the gay one again, a.k.a. Viv. Hello. She's eating milk duds. Mm -hmm, My favorite. And I'm not going to be able to talk. They're going to get all stuck in your teeth. I feel like you're judging me. (laughs) We and milk duds have had a lifelong love relationship, so leave us alone. Yeah, when we were younger, my dad used to eat them. Do you like milk duds? No, my mom hates them. She didn't let us eat them because Joseph put them all over Joanna's head or something <laughs> and got stuck. And so milk duds were not allowed in our house. Wow. That's mm-hmm. rude. Like your whole house, no one was allowed to have milk duds because no. of one incident. We can't have milk duds. Call up my mom right now. No, I'm not ever <laughs> asking your mom a question about parenting. <laughs> um, and Monica. That <laughs> was Monica. Mm-hmm. Yes. You guys know Monica's mom already. Um... So we had a total topic today that was going to be a great one, but our fourth rec table person, our male, the wise one, um, hey, that's what you call Viv, huh? Yeah, she's the wisdom. Oh, the wisdom. I'm that's the wisdom what you call junior. Her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, you've come a lot further, though. I don't know if you're junior anymore. Yeah, we're almost like side to side. And I'm way under you guys now. No good, though. Yeah. All right. And... Um, Anyway, so what we're going to talk about today, because I thought about this, that all three of us somehow all ended up single. <laughs> and we've all been in marriages for a really long time. Years. Yeah, we were sitting on Viv's couch today like we're hungry. Viv has absolutely not an ounce of food in her life. And Monica is a... Um, snacker. A snacker and a DoorDash al- alumni, basically. And... I am sitting here with them on a Sunday afternoon. I think I've, I door dashed Friday. I got sushi. And then yesterday I got chilies. And now today, Applebee's. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, so just because we're women doesn't mean we cook for ourselves. I have to cook because I have babies, obviously. I would cook if I had food. That's the problem. That, that's what's missing there. There's no food to actually cook. I have tons of snacks, but I don't have, like, 
meal stuff. Like, no, there's no chicken. Yeah, well. Veggies. We're not talking about chicken. Chicken is my staple diet. So, anyways, um, my idea was that we're going to have a talk about the changes in divorce and your life in general. And um, we come from different aspects of divorce because Viv and Monica are the divorcers. They divorced their spouses. And I was a divorcee, so mine hit like a brick wall. They were the brick wall that hit, so. True. <laughs> um, so we're going to give you a backstory real quick. Um, first of all, how long have you been divorced, Monica? Oh, um, it, we separated in 2012, and then the divorce was final in 2013 in September. How long did it take you to, uh, to file? Um... Let me see. We separated in June, and then we f- I filed the following March. So, oh. Yeah. Almost a year. I sat on it for a while. Why did you sit on it? Because then it would be final. Yeah, that's very brain. hard. And that was, yeah, that was hard to come to terms with. Yeah, it's like another death. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. And so then I filed in March, and then it was, I, yeah, I filed in March, and then it was uh, finalized September of 2013. Yes. Wow. How long were you with Bruce? Um, 15 years total. We were married for seven. And then we dated. Since high school, though. I was in high school. He was older. So, yeah. I was 17. He was 19. And you, Viv, um, how long were you guys together? Uh, well... See, what happened was <laughs> I had a girlfriend and my ex pursued me. So she was kind of like my side piece that whole time. <laughs> and then we ended up being together. So I, we were like living together together for like 20 years and probably like two or three years before we actually moved in together. So yeah, a little more than 20 years we were married. And then um, we separated or I asked for a divorce. Um, She moved out in August and I, excuse me, honestly, I wasn't going to divorce her. I was never going to divorce her. I I didn't care. Um, Legally. Yeah, I didn't care. I mean, I, I wanted to not be in a relationship with her anymore, but I didn't care about uh, if we got divorced or not. Like, my I looked at it like um, she could have everything if I die, so it's better if we're married still. Hmm. But um, in January, no, not January. I I don't remember when, but maybe like, so she left in August So I want to say like in maybe March or so, she was like, I want to, I want to get a divorce, which that kind of shocked me because I thought, well, she would want to stay married to me forever too, but apparently she didn't want to. So, uh, (laughs) we filed and our divorce will actually be final in two weeks. Thank the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you guys all know we were together 18 years. I have not yet filed for a divorce. I don't know when I will. Honestly, I don't even know when I'll be able to afford that shit. Um, but anyways, so Monica, 
when did you know that your when did you start feeling that your marriage was over okay Mm. actually did you do you think that you married bruce did you marry the right person did you know that after you married him or when you married him that i did i think i married the right person yeah no no from the start no walking down the aisle no really yeah i don't think i ever knew that yeah walking down the aisle i was scared as fuck i was like what the heck am i doing it was like a whirlwind like we met 17 19 i'm in college working on my education not taking time to like really think about like dating and who is really compatible with me he was a nice guy kind everybody loves bruce but i yeah i don't think that i i think i knew all all along that we were not going to work out in the long run because after I was done with school and all like the extra stuff was out of my life and my brain and it was just me and him and I knew I don't want kids with this person because he's like a child that I'm taking care of so I'm gonna have another child and then this grown man child and so I decided I don't want kids with him so this is the rest of my life like just so why did you marry him because it came next yeah that was the next on my checklist graduate high school check Go to college, check. Start your career, check. Um, start working on buying a house, check. God, that fucks everybody up. Yeah. Then, like, what's the next step? And then we were living together, and I couldn't even tell my parents because they're so super religious. So I was hiding that he was living with me. So I was like, this has got to stop. And breaking up with him was never a thought. So I was like, okay, let's, like, we have to get married. And so he never even proposed. Like, literally, I was like, don't you think we should get married? And he said, you want to get married? And I said, well, don't you think we should? It's been, like, seven years. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we can get married. And then I told my mom, and then my mom just ran with that. She was so excited. So your mom didn't care that there was no proposal? She didn't know that there wasn't a proposal. Oh, got it. Oh, oh, so she just thought you guys were at dinner and he proposed or whatever. I don't know what she thought. Nope. She just wanted the end result. Nobody ever asked me, like, oh, how did he propose? Not one person. Uh, yeah, I never asked. So did he ask for your parents' hand? He asked my dad. No, <laughs> not her parents' hand. They don't want to <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't want to That's right. Him. Sorry, I missed That's that. illegal, actually. <laughs> They're already married. A thruple? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. it would be like, yeah, let's not. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Domo. Um, so she listens. Um... So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't have all the fills when you got married. Like the... No. What is that Katy Perry song if it's not like the movies? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yes. That was my song after everything fell apart. I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How come I, I don't know what song you're oh, talking about? Oh, it's so good. Huh. It's a great song. You gotta listen. Yeah. It's called, uh, if it's, it's not like, it's not like the movies yeah. by Katy Perry. It's a great mm-hmm. song. I think it's in the Teenage Dream yes. album. Um... Wow. So, so you knew, did, you, but once you were married, was divorce an option to you? No, it wasn't until I would say, um, two, we got married in 2005. I want to say like 2011 after I was done with my education and I really got to look at my life and I thought, wow, this, this is it. Like I've made all these choices and I've done everything. Like 
I can't go to, I can't get more education and you would be pissed off if I did because you hate when I'm in school. We um, all do. Yeah. So that was it. <laughs> that was it. This was my life at 31 years old. I've achieved everything. I don't want children with this person. So then the depression set in and, uh, So yeah. you were depressed in your situation. Oh, you I, did everything you were supposed to do. Yeah. Like book. I mean, how checklist? Yeah, yeah, you you got your checklist, and mm-hmm. you still weren't happy in your own life. Yes, and I don't think it was. I mean, Bruce obviously played a part in it because I would tell him like, "We need to communicate. Like, you don't tell me anything. Like, you know, you don't help me out. I'm I have the career. I'm cooking, cleaning, doing everything, paying the bills, and you're like a child playing video games. Like, there's like <clears throat> there, it was not equal at all. Like, I felt like his mom. So did you feel? As far as, like, intimacy, sex, actual physical touch, attraction, was that there? Um, affection was there. Like, you know, we would cuddle on the couch and watch our favorite shows. Um, I mean, he, I've always been attracted to him. Bruce is, is a good-looking guy. He is. You know, and he's kind and funny. I mean, he's he's a great person, but I felt like his mother. And so sexually, no, there was not a lot going on towards the end. Um, but there was still affection. So it was routine with affection. Would you yeah. guys say, would you say you're married to your friend? Yes. At the end, yes. I think not even at the end, during the whole thing. It was like sharing a house with your best friend who you would have sex with here and there. Because um, we got along. We still get along. So How was um, sex in that scenario? Did you enjoy it? Was it... Um, or did you think you enjoyed it at the time? Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should put like a rating on this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Out of one to zero to ten, no. I mean, you don't want to have sex with like your, your best friend, friend. And your child. <laughs> yes. Like you, so towards the end, I would know like, okay, he's probably wanting to have sex. It's been like, it's going to be two weeks. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So then I'd be like, do you want to have sex? And no, like, you would ask him? <laughs> yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, of course. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Why do you think he didn't initiate it? Hmm. I think he probably did and I, I like... Rejected him. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, okay. Viv, did you feel like you married the right person? So again, so what had happened was, um, well, we're gay, so you couldn't really get married. And back then, yeah, you can now, thank God. But so when gay marriage passed, we actually had separated and we weren't together for a few months. She moved out, she had her own place, whatever. And, um, we, when gay marriage passed, she actually proposed to me, um, took me by surprise, asked me, you know, did the whole one knee thing, pulled out a ring, asked me if I wanted to marry her. And I was like, okay. But so prior to that marriage, it didn't really mean anything to me. It just meant like we have a, a, legally binding contract that says that we're together. I think because we were together so long without a 
contract, when gay marriage passed, it didn't mean anything different because I was already committed to be with her forever anyway. So being married didn't make a difference to me. So um, when she asked me to marry her, I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, we can get married. And we like legit got married like the end of that week. Like we just went to the courthouse, got married and, you know, got our piece of paper. However, when I did get the piece of paper, I did feel differently. Like, okay, previously I thought it didn't mean anything. And then once we were married, I thought, okay, now we're married. This is a little bit different. Like it's more official, I guess. I don't know. She, she's stuck here. I'm stuck here kind of thing or whatever. But did you feel stuck or that was just kind of your mentality? Like this is a forever thing now. Um, I don't know if I ever felt stuck in my marriage until the end of it. I always, so for myself, I always was like, she's a good person. She's good to me. She takes care of me. She worships the ground I walk on. I'm just ungrateful. This is the problem. There's no making me happy, obviously. Um, and anyone would kill for the situation that I have. I didn't lift a finger. I didn't have to cook. I didn't have to clean that much. I didn't have to go to Target runs or the market. I didn't have to worry about a thing. So I felt like I was ungrateful because in my mind, the perfect wife looks like this and I had the perfect wife who looked like this. But now in retrospect, I feel like how sad that I thought I had a good marriage because I had a perfect wife, but it spoke nothing about the relationship or the partnership we had. It, it was like being married to your mother, in a sense. Extremely. And so like in Monica's situation, she was the mother. And in my situation, I was married to my mother. She took care of me. She made sure everything was fine with me. She fed me. She made sure like I, I was okay. I had to check in with her because she would worry about me. So, and I know wives do that kind of stuff, but I almost felt like she parented me and my child like the exact same way. Like we, we both had the same relationship with her minus, you know, obviously my ex and I had a physical relationship, but it was like pretty much the same exact thing. And you weren't the only one that seen that. It was very evident to me. Oh yeah. It was evident to Monica. Um, yeah. Because she, and she did it well. Yeah. I mean, not only to you, but to your daughter and it was, but it, we all knew from the outside looking in, I mean, I know as a wife and I'm sure Monica can, attest to the same thing I would be like am I even doing enough compared to what yes, she does I think we just talked yeah. about that like yeah. I felt like she was like I was like is she sh trying to show all the other wives up like yeah we're not catering to our because she would try I don't know yeah. if she would with Bruce but with my ex she would be like oh can I serve you and I'd be like uh hold on like yeah like, <laughs> that's my that's job your job yeah, yeah. so she yeah over the top taking care of you but I mean Viv uh, I mean, she makes a good point. It was, it's funny because both of you, like you said, this is my checklist. This is, you know, what I'm supposed to do. And 
Viv's like, well, this is the checklist of a good wife. So you guys both mm-hmm. had these ideas of what society or your parents, well, I guess not me and Viv, but maybe Monica, of your parents and society that showed you this is what you're supposed to do. This is what it looks like. This is what it is. And this is why you should be happy. And it's funny that you said, I don't, I didn't understand. I thought I couldn't be happy because this is the perfect right. person on a platter to me and I'm still not happy. Right. Um, it's crazy. Well, you guys all know in my marriage, I was married 15 years and yeah, but I, I, I felt I married the right person. I was nervous, normal nerves. Um, but I never felt like I married the wrong person. I knew we were very different, but I never, um, I never was unhappy in my marriage until I was out of my marriage. Did I see everything that was wrong? I don't think I was. I don't think I ever believed I married the wrong person. I think I married at the time. I think I married the right person. Um, I was happily married, but that's, that's where it ended. I was happily married. And if you dive into that comment, it's like, Yes, everything looked right. I was, I, there's nothing more that I could have really asked for in a spouse, but I wasn't a happily married person. I wasn't happy. You happy. That's very, very deep. You yeah. felt the same I way. I felt the same way. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it all looked good. It looked good from the outside. I even strived a lot to make sure that that picture did look good. Uh, providing the family vacations, the house they wanted, to like everything that I needed to do to fill this scenario as well. But at the end of the day, I was in a, air quotes, happy marriage, but I wasn't in that happy marriage. I lived a life, I felt like I lived their life. I was just in their life. Mm -hmm. It, It was never my life. It was never what I wanted to do, how I felt. It never made me happy. It made me happy to make them happy, for sure. But I was happily married, but I wasn't a happily married person. So do you think that you, you said you kept up with making sure that on the, or that you know that on the outside it looks like it, was that purposeful? Did you, did you want to make sure that people on the outside looking in thought that you lived this happy life or was it just that was, that was personal, um, that was me trying to come to terms with being gay because I think in my mind it was like I have this perfect spouse and perfect life but I'm a female so I feel like I a lot of the times I had to prove that not only could I be everything that a man can be but I can do better wow so hence this big ass fucking house and you know, she always drove a nice luxury car and we always went on because I, she didn't make a mistake by marrying me because I could do everything. Uh So if she needed something fixed, I would not hire someone. I would figure out how to fix it and we would fix it. It like, that's how, so it was my own thing. It wasn't to impress anybody else, but it was more like to secure myself. Like she didn't make a mistake by marrying a woman because I can be everything that a man can be and provide everything as well wow very very deep Mm -hmm. um maybe lose my train of thought uh monica did you feel that you stayed married to keep the picture perfect 
Um, I guess so. I mean, because you use you used to be a very huge people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. Very bad. I don't think that I realized I was doing that until, like I said, like there was nothing else for me to focus on, and so, um, so during that whole our whole marriage, I didn't think like I'm doing this to please people. Mm. I, that was I was supposed to do that, but I didn't understand why I wasn't happy. Like yeah. Um, but like I did everything. I did everything that a wife is supposed to do. And then here's this person I'm married to, and he's not doing everything that I saw my dad doing or my oldest brother with his wife. Like, um, I felt like, well, fuck, like I'm doing everything and like I'm not getting anything in return. Right. So, yeah, I don't, um, I didn't think like I was in the marriage to people, please. Would, would it, okay, let's get to the divorce part. What, what, constituted without going into the whole story when did you start to realize like I have to end this marriage to save myself and these feelings that came with that or how it changed the dynamics of your routine and marriage and everyday life um I mean I guess we've been married for six and a half years it was like right around the six year mark or maybe it's closer to the seven year mark and I was just totally unfulfilled and um, alone in the marriage. And I started to develop feelings for somebody else. And I knew like, okay, we're in, we're in trouble. But I didn't acknowledge them to anybody. And I didn't even like really acknowledge them to myself. I, I kind of knew they were there in my subconscious, but I, I didn't like put them out there. Why? Um, because... I didn't think that anything could ever come of this um, with this person. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't think I was even planning on leaving my marriage. Wow. But that... You would have stayed forever, you think? I don't know. But at that time, I wouldn't have made the decision at that time. If the uh, situation with this other person hadn't, um, hadn't come about at that time... I wouldn't have pulled the plug on my marriage. I just would have stayed in it. You know, life was okay. It wasn't horrible. You know, mm-hmm. so what? He went to work and I would cry for, and I didn't know why. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> everyone does that, right? <laughs> like, and it's important to note that Monica, Viv, and I have been very good friends for God since Viv and Monica were in high school. But Monica never voiced these feelings. These were never things that she would, you know, call us and be like, I feel empty. I feel unfulfilled. I, no, I would have never never known. Yeah. We had no idea. I mean, I hung out with Monica a lot and I would know that things would annoy her and you at times seemed unhappy, but I would have never known you were at the point that you were at. Yeah. It was very, I think towards the end, I think you, didn't you see, I, I, I know a lot of people that were around us saw something something brewing with this other person oh yeah for sure that was evident that was um when seeing monica with this other person that she ultimately developed feelings for was a different monica it was alive you were alive you were no longer in this we would 
I would always say you're just like your mother. But when you were not with, when you were with this other person, I think it was just a whole different side of you, almost to the point that it was unbelievable to me. Like you, I almost thought you were actually trans transforming. I think it was like the first time she ever had a look of joy. Yeah, for sure. You know, like it and carefree. Yeah, it it always seems like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a bitch, but sometimes I can be. Like, you always kind of carried a dark cloud over you. And then when you got into this, whatever, whatever happened. Yeah. um, Situation. Yeah. Not shit. You you were like, yeah, it was like you were free and you, you just were happier. Like, you'd walk in and you'd have joy. It wasn't like a temporary happiness. You were like, and we were like, wow, this is a good change for Monica. But we all knew, the thing was, we all knew this change was coming because of this person. But never in our life did we imagine these things would actually be acted on. Mm -hmm. I I probably would have thought for the rest of my life you would have just stayed stagnant in that place Mm -hmm. with these feelings. But, um... So, okay, we'll stop there with Monica. Viv, when did you... Viv, Viv's is interesting. When did you realize I'm going down this rabbit hole and... Mm, Well, I guess I always kind of knew... I think I've always known... Well, not always. Let me rephrase that. I knew for a long time that I wasn't happily married I, I mean again I wasn't miserable everything was fine she was a great best friend a great spouse everything but I always knew that there was more for me and my life than what I had in this relationship and I it got to the point where I knew that no matter what she did no matter how much she loved me harder um that I wasn't going to be at that same level as she was. And I, for many years, um, I guess, suppressed that knowledge because I maybe thought that, again, I'm being ungrateful. I'm just going through a phase. I'm going to come back around. Like, there's not going to be anyone better in this world suited for me. Um... I'll never get this package in anyone else. So suck it up. Stop being an asshole and get with it. So when I realized that one, she deserves someone who can love her better than I am doing. I loved her. I did. I loved her to the best that I could. I, I um, played a role a lot of the times just so I wouldn't hurt her feelings or make her feel inadequate or that, you know, there was something wrong. So that, w- that was my fault. I definitely didn't communicate with her because I didn't even understand it myself to be able to communicate with her. So it became very apparent to me that, you know, I needed to figure out what the problem was. I had the perfect marriage. I had a spouse that loved me, adored me, would have died for me. Everything was perfect. So I decided that probably I'm the problem here 
And so I went to go see a therapist about what my problem was. Well, that being in that counseling ended up uh, opening my eyes for me to actually see that I wasn't married to the person that I should be married to. I married the person that would take care of me, that would be off the checklist or check off the checklist. And I, that's what I married, but that's not what a marriage is supposed to be. Um, I probably should have married someone that I was like compatible with in different ways, not someone that I was just agreeable with or who was agreeable with me. And eventually those therapy sessions turned into, okay, let's talk about how you're going to tell your wife that you actually want a divorce. Because I, I knew I, I want, I, after learning everything that I learned, I knew that I needed to have a divorce and let her go and you know, go find the person that she's worthy of. She obviously didn't understand it that way, but she deserved to have someone who was going to love her at the same, on the same scale as she had all this love for me. And I, I also wanted to love someone on that scale, on my, on my scale and not like her. So, um, yeah, I went to therapy so they could talk me through how to approach a subject because I was very scared. I was very scared of hurting her because she didn't deserve it. She did everything right. Um, I was afraid of, you know, uh, ruining her self-esteem. Um, I felt very bad because she really did try hard all those years to do everything perfect. And, you know, it made me feel like shit that I was going to break her heart and break up our family and our extended family and our friends. Like everybody knew. Wow, that was pretty deep there, Viv. Um, so we're not going to get into. I hate Monica. She's laughing and I'm not even sure why. Um, we're not going to get into their actual divorce stories um, because, or how they actually broke the news or what happened there on out because um, those are their stories and I, they're actually really good stories. So I want them to actually have their own episodes for that particular piece. But I do want to talk about the change because um, as you guys have heard, like, you guys have heard my change and my things that I miss in everyday life and the hardships that I had coming from a divorce. Um, but again, I was the divorcee and they were the divorcers. So, um, Monica, once, once the actual marriage ended and you started to have changes in your life, what were the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome as a single person or as just in every single day life? Um, one of the major things that I had to get over, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself um, because I'm the youngest of four and treated very much like the baby. My two oldest siblings are like 10 and 11 years older than me. Um, so I really hadn't done anything by myself ever. And so to make that decision and um, 
leave Bruce, who my family adores. I mean, they, they did that and they still do now. Um, was really, really hard for me. It was hard to go against my family and what they wanted for me. Um, they were pretty shocked and I felt a lot of shame and embarrassment. Um, so that was really hard. And then, um, living so on So you were, were you upset with yourself at that point or like doubting your decision? Um, yeah, I doubted my decision. Hmm. Um, yeah. But not, not for your own personal feelings, but because of what everyone else would think or feel. What everyone else would think. And then I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, mm. I need a guy. Like, I don't know how to do this and I don't know how to do this. And what if this breaks and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like, yeah, uh, it was pretty frightening for me uh, at the beginning. And actually I was very depressed. Hmm. I was really, really depressed. I was disappointed in myself for not being happy. You know, I thought like I needed to, I, sh- I should have found the good. Um, I should have done this. I should have done that. You know, Bruce is a good person. What's wrong with me for not being happy with him? Things like that. I was, I was super depressed for a, a really long time. Um, I mean, it, yeah. So that was, those were the first initial obstacles that I had to get over. And I tried therapy and I dated, which was a huge disaster. People like take time. Don't date right after you separate um, because it's, yeah, that didn't help me at all. Um, so yeah, initially those were the things I was, I was really depressed and, um, it, it took a lot of strength to get through that part of my life. Um, but now I'm in a much different place. It's been like eight years since the divorce and I've been through a whole lot since then. Um, but yeah, now things are good. I, I enjoy being single. How did, how did, how is your relationship with him like currently? Like, do you still ever have feelings? Cause you guys still talk to each other. So do you guys, do you ever have feelings? Do you ever think like maybe we could work this out? Um, Sometimes, yeah, but then then he'll do something or I'll do something. And, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, like, this is exactly yeah. why. <laughs> yes, yes. We are good friends. We are not good as a couple. We bring out the worst in each other. He is great as an independent person, and I never thought he would be. I was like, who the heck's he going to eat? You know, how is he going <laughs> to, you know, do his laundry? But he learned all that stuff. But when he's around me, he falls right back in line into, like... She's going to do everything for me. Yes. Me. And then I turn from, like, oh, I'm, I'm peaceful and happy. And then, like, when I'm around him too long, I turn into that resentful, frustrated person. So we bring out the worst in each other when we are a couple. Um so yeah. that's pretty big to actually realize that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean I'm still attracted to him. I mean, you know, Bruce is still a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's there, but I mean it's not sexual. It's just like he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. he is. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, interesting. So um I didn't really ask Monica this, but it kind of came up. Viv, did you feel any difference or shame and telling I mean our family's not like Monica's we're more like okay bye (laughs) 
Um, but did you feel like, what are people going to think and have any problem with that after? Not at all. So I didn't, I didn't care, um, at that point because I was doing it for me. However, I did have a tremendous amount of guilt. Tremendous. So much that I would constantly like make sure that I would call my ex or invite her to go have dinner or, um, you know, just check in on her because I didn't want her to feel like it was her fault. I didn't want her to feel that I loved her any less. Um, so I, I, I still brought her around to family functions or friend functions and um, everybody knew we weren't together but, you know, I, I, because of my guilt, I think I tried very hard to soften the blow by still being there and allowing her a place in my life. Wow. And did you feel any emotional, personally, did you feel any emotional change, relief? Because you had a little bit different that you were working towards this. So did you feel a relief once she was gone? Um, I wouldn't say it like that, like I, that I felt relief that she was gone. I was happy to not be in that situation anymore. Hmm. So it really didn't have much to do with her at the time. It was me and I was, I felt like I'm finally free. I, I, I'm finally. You're going to be true to yourself. Yeah. I finally got the nerve to to do it and I've done it and I'm very proud of myself because it was a very long road and it was hard, but I was able to do it. The world kept spinning. Everybody remained, you know, above ground. It, it was, it, it worked out. All of my worst fears and scenarios that I had played out, you know, the mind is the, the worst enemy. Um, none of that happened. And, um, of course there was sadness and, you know, hurt and I had to deal with that with her. Uh, but overall I was, I was happy. Did you, you said there's sadness and hurt. Did you feel like the sadness and hurt was on your end or it was just sadness and hurt for her? For her. I was not hurt by it and I was not saddened by it. Wow. But I knew that I knew because because of loving her for so many years, I knew that it would destroy her. And I carried some of that pain for her, but it was not my own. Wow. Yeah. And how did you feel emotionally um, as a single person after it was all said and done? Did you feel like you were... I feel like I'm in an interview. I know. Like for a job. <laughs> I'm kind of like Oprah, but I'm not black. Or rich. Or rich. God damn it. Uh, I was close <laughs> to it. Close. I was close this week. This is uh, true. <laughs> ruined my life. Um, you had so a bridesmaid and everything. I did have a bridesmaid. Um, she even had an emoji. <laughs> um, so we'll get to that one day, guys. Um, so did you... Like, did you feel that your 
did you feel any emotions were like changing from your like day to day life? Because you said it wasn't relief and you carried a lot of like guilt and burden, but were you going on in life, like picking up the pieces like, okay, this is my new life now. Yes, absolutely. I, I had like, I would come home to an empty house, but not only empty as there are no people there, but there was no laughter, there was no TV noise, there was no warmth, there was no nothing cooking on the stove when I got home. There was no one to say, hi, baby, how was your day? Or, you know, give me a kiss and wrap their arms around me. None of that. And I definitely, I guess, took that for granted. I mean, I always appreciated it coming home, having her kiss me, have my kid, Hi, Pips. Give me a kiss on the cheek, whatever. So I, I definitely missed all of that. Um, but I got used to it pretty quickly. Um, it definitely is lonely at times. Um, just even, you know, sometimes, you know, she would listen to all my nonsense. I would be like, you know, this happened today and if if you know the white house didn't do this then this wouldn't happen like she would listen to all of my nonsense and give me her you know opinion which was usually right on track with my opinion but um so yeah it's the little things that i missed um especially having groceries because <laughs> i don't ever no. have groceries this never has anything i won't go to the store and when i when i do remember to go to the store it's like the first through the 10th and i refuse to go to the store the first through the 10th so but yeah there there was a lot of uh changes and adjustments to get used to but i was still never unhappy with them See, and that's that I've spoke on that in, um, I think in my comfort zone episode, I don't remember the name of that one. Um, comfortably numb. I think that was the name of that one. Anyways, you, your day to day life changes so much that that's where you kind of get sucked up. That's where you, you start, like Viv said, you miss coming home to something. You miss the companionship like monica said her and bruce sit on the couch and watch netflix together you don't get to do that anymore and that's the hard unless you have a girlfriend um (laughs) but that's the hardest part because even if you have like nerd boy will come sit with me and do that and viv has her side piece not side piece what what do we call viv has her situationship um and volunteer and (laughs) She will do that for her. And volunteer? I didn't get that. Situationship volunteer. That's what I said on my episode. Like, you're volunteering to be that person. Um, But if you don't have that, and if you don't have a person that, like I always say, you fill those voids. That's it. Because you just need to fill those voids because that, those little things, they actually matter. But they, like Monica said, they just go away. They, little by little, it gets easier. Um, Or Viv, one of you said that. But the heart, like, did you guys feel any difference as far as like, like, I know I and you guys know I had the hardest time for Christmas. Did you guys feel any difference when it came to holidays? Because those are, those can get tough. You know, I remember the first Christmas signing, you know, like the little oh, yeah. gift tags. Uh-huh. And I, it was very awkward. 
Because yeah. it's always like, you Monica. know, from Monica, Bruce, you know, and, yeah. and my dog Capone, you know, I would always put that. And so then I was like, oh, just Monica and Capone. And that made me sad. That mm-hmm. was really hard. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. did. I did have that moment. Um, Viv was just pissed that she had a rapper presence. <laughs> yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> uh, no. I know. I probably come off as heartless and yeah, an asshole. Little, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. No. that's all the time. Like, like I was else. actually She's excited. I was actually excited at Thanksgiving because I finally got to cook something. Yeah. Like and I, you cooked a lot. Yeah. I finally got to cook a ham and make a dessert and... You know, I, I enjoy cooking. I just was never allowed because I'm too slow. So, um, I didn't have any of those issues. And I believe she was still in the picture for Thanksgiving and yes. and Christmas. She exited in March. So, she spent Christmas. But we spent last Christmas without Yeah, because it's been a year now. This yeah. month will be a year. So, um... So the first Christmas and Thanksgiving was easy because she was still there, but I was allowed to, you know, cook and and do different things. Um, This Christmas, I think I had enough time to accept that she's not around anymore, so it was fun. And I'm not a heartless jerk. I actually have a lot of heart. It's funny because it's almost like I made a comment the other day that um, we're all us group of people um not viv's ex-wife she's in a relationship um but as as in a group of people as in our group of people are actually alone for the first time me you monica we're alone for the first time in our lives like we've been with someone our entire lives so it's crazy that we're alone together and it's also crazy that for the first time that I'm 33 years old, they're 40 and 41. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about that change. Like, we've spent our entire life with somebody. True. And now we're stuck with each other. Yeah. Now yeah. we're just always here. It's, we're tired and it's nine. <laughs> that's not, that's not because of being single. I was already in bed when I was married by nine. That's true. I just have three two-year-olds and they're so exhausting right now um and monica's just always been really old uh which she's yawning i i uh back to what you were saying though i like being alone i i don't mind it i i think that it was a change that i needed that i never got to experience and i it's allowed me to learn about me and invest in me and i was never able to do that well in this relationship because I was responsible for the wife and the child and the household and there were I never really felt like there was time for me because that was selfish so I gave all of my energy and everything to that dynamic and now that I'm alone for the first time in my entire life like I can dive into self-help stuff and and, um, you know, do research on why I feel this way. How can I change it? Things like that. I don't think I would have ever had that opportunity if I would have still been married. Yeah, because you are you take responsibility for your spouse, your, their feelings, their Well, life, not only uh, that, I don't think I was comfortable enough to have that conversation with her. Mm, like, she would be like, why, why do you feel like you need to? That's like, true. And then I would just be like, I don't want to deal with it, so I'm not going to do that. 
I'm That's not, true. I'm not going to read Untamed because she's going to think, you know, I'm unhappy. Or she's going to know I'm unhappy right. or I'm trying to find myself yeah. or something. I remember reading Eat, Pray, Love when it came out. And I think that made me think a lot. Like, the, yeah, I'm not happy. Yeah. 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 That really fucked me up, that book. It's Isn't it crazy how you you almost do something and you're like holy fuck, like, that was a huge eye-opener, or this was, like, a realization. Like, there's a lot of little things that happen that you're just like, wow. Like, Nina has this really cool story um, that she went to a TJ Maxx, and her ex used to not like mirrors in a house, and she's always liked mirrors because her mom used to have mirrors, but he didn't want mirrors in a house that they were dumb. And she bought this $3 mirror that was on clearance, and it wasn't even cute, but she bought it because she was like, I can and no one can say anything. And that mirror has gone to every single house that Nina's lived in because that was her first glimpse of real or of um, her, I guess, being able to decorate her own place. Yeah, her freedom. Her freedom. Yeah. And it's I just love like every time I see that mirror, I'm like, it's so freaking cool. But um, yeah, you find little things. I'm not talking about just freedom, but you just find so many little things that you're just like, wow, I really wasn't happy or wow, I didn't know that, you know? No, you don't know until you know. Yeah. And then once you know, you can't go back. No. No. You can't unknow Mm -mm. it. Mm No. You cannot unknow it. And you can try and pretend and it just eats at you and eats at you Mm -hmm. until you're completely miserable and you don't know which way is up or down. But you can't unknow it. No, you can't. It's, and I, that's what I talked about in current episode. I, you can't, you don't, you could never live without these things again. You, you would, you would know at that point you're miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't live that way. Right. But, well, I mean, so I'm not telling anyone to get divorced, but, uh, if you need to take the plunge, take the plunge. Try to work on it first, though. I mean, it's not that none of us tried to work on our marriage. Uh, well, I didn't because I didn't know. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Monica did. Viv did. And, I mean, to certain extents, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm done with this shit. Bye. Um, but either way, you, I mean, if you are, there is a light. It, it could take years. I mean, look at me. Or you could be Viv and just be ready to do it and you're done. Or you could be Monica and still working on it. I don't think that you're ever ready. You're not ready. Um, You just have to jump. Yeah, you do. And once you jump, it's the best. It's the liberating best feeling ever. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I don't care anymore. I'm not responsible for anyone's feelings anymore but me. Mm-hmm. And once once you find a relationship with yourself and start falling in love with you... That's what you have to do first. Right? Yes. Life-changing. Yeah. Life-changing. Right. Those, those memes are real. Those quotes are real. They, they really are. Yeah. Once you love yourself, there's nothing you, you attract, you... Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um... So, yeah, I mean, that's a little glimpse, but we're going to jump into both of their stories eventually. Viv's is coming real soon. Um, and Ten days. Ten, ten days, motherfucker. Um, and Monica's will come eventually. Um, but, 
Anyways, that's your rec table. Oh, I was told that I, my new catchphrase, I was told by several people actually is fuck the world, be happy. So, um, cause I said that on my last episode, I didn't even realize I said it. And like three people wrote me and was like, oh my God, I love your new catchphrase. And I'm like, it wasn't <laughs> like, I just said it, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I do like it. All right. Um, that's all for you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Say bye, Monica. Bye. God, I hate Monica. Welcome, official bitches and fellas. So, recap to last week's episode, Taboo. Um, I think the majority of you had the same response as me. Like, totally fucking shocked, totally intrigued, totally like, who the fuck can do this and can I do this? Um, I was blown away. Like, I really... I guess I didn't know how deep this actually goes. And, like, the, like, little nooks and crannies, no pun intended, um, of it, of the lifestyle. I mean, I've heard about it. I've watched, like, documentaries on it. Um, but to actually speak to someone who lives it and that's their lifestyle was absolutely, like, I don't know, mind-blowing to me. Um, I had called so many people that like aren't avid listeners to the podcast, but like listen every now and then and was like, listen, including soulmate. And, um, the funny thing is soulmate was like, you're wrong. I wouldn't want you to call me and, you know, be having sex with someone else. Like that's not my deal. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And it just kind of like made me think like, oh, I guess I don't. I mean, it just showed me that you don't know the extent of, like, how far people would go. But, um, anyways, very interesting. Um, it, I got tons of feedback. Um, she did have a couple questions. Um, I think, like, two of them. Um, one girl asked if they had had any attachment issues, if they had ever gone through, um, any problems with, like, females. Um, and she said no. And then someone else asked if anal was off the table for him in general, since she hadn't done it with him, was she not allowing him to do it with other partners? And she said no, that he was allowed to do it. So um, that was pretty interesting. Um, Update on my life. Let's see. I have a few things to touch on. Um, dating, and then I do have, like, a victory that I want to share with you guys, because we all know you're my BFFs. Um, so, Southern Gent is still around. Southern Gent is, um, he's great. I mean, we, we know that. We keep talking about that. The only downfall to Southern Gent is Southern Gent is a single father. And by single father, I mean absolutely 100% single. He doesn't have family. Um, and his son is very little. So, um, and the mom's not in the picture. So that in itself has been like a very big challenge for us. Just given the fact that like, um, I don't have my kids two days out of the week 
And, like, those would be the days that I would want to, like, link up with him, go out and do whatever. But, like, that doesn't work for him because his kid's in school. And so that's where, like, the two single parents fucks up. But I'm not single like he's single. Um, Like, I obviously have their dad um, in their life. Um, So it's been very difficult. So actually so difficult that this, this is going to probably shock you guys. I still haven't slept with the Southern gent. Um, we haven't even spent a night together or an evening together or anything. Um, so yeah, he's, but he is great. He's obviously like, I mean, that's not an issue for him that like we haven't had sex or anything. Um, he's just a good guy. He's an all around good guy. Um, and one thing about him is his mind intrigues me. He is like a really smart person. So, um, conversation never gets dull or boring or anything like he's just, and I like people that talk a lot like soulmate. He doesn't talk a lot, but soulmate is very smart. Um, and I've always liked that about him. And same thing with anyone I date, like you have to like, intrigue me. You have to stimulate my mind. If you don't, then eh, not having it. Um, let's see. Um, oh, I did get a question, um, asking if the guys that I date and soulmate and like everyone that's in my circles, I guess, um, know about each other. No, no one knows about anyone. Soulmate knows about everyone, but, um, that's because soulmate and I have a very strict, no lying rule to each other. Um, but no one knows about anyone else. So like Southern gent doesn't know about the dates I go on or that I talk to other guys. The other guys don't know about like anyone else, like whatever. Soulmate calls, um, the Southern gent, the prospect because he's like, I'm holding on to him. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, that's it. Um, okay. The Mexican with no boots. He is shooting for date three. He calls me. He texts me. He's not overly. He actually has, like, his own life and friends and, like, has been single a long time. So, like, he's totally fine with his life and where it is and stuff. Um, but I don't know. We just don't have that connection. Um, and I don't. And I think I'm trying to force it. And I don't even know why I'm trying to force it at this point. Because there's really no reason to. Um, but he's cool. So I feel like I, I don't want to friend zone him, but I kind of have to. So I don't know. I'll give you an update on that at some point. Um, and then I did go out on another date with another guy. Um, and guys, I'm just like in this whole dating is exciting role right now. I don't know why. I don't even know where it came from. But, um, anyways, he, he was an amazing date. I need you guys to hear this story. He was an amazing date at rest at the restaurant. We went to um, dinner and then went out for drinks afterwards. And at dinner, he was perfect, perfect, like perfect. Like I even thought, like, oh, this could go somewhere. Like this could go to a second date. This could definitely lead to. We have this, like, conversation going. This like we get along well. We have a lot of the same views on things. Like it was perfect. I mean, not perfect, like soulmate, not perfect, like nerd boy, but it was just a really good date. And then, um, we went to the bar afterwards and 
he got a little tipsy. And when he got a little tipsy, he became so fucking obnoxious. Like, so fucking obnoxious. Like, and like super duper, like, I don't know, like almost like flipped a switch to like, I want to be serious with you. Like, I want this. Like, I can take care of you. Like, I can be that stepdad to your kids. And I'm like, hold the fuck up. Like, I am totally not looking for a stepdad. Let's, let's bring that back. Secondly, I'm not going to be serious. This is date one, sir. Like, it was just very, um, uh, yeah, no, it was very cringe worthy. Um, and there's a couple stories that I'm going to get to, um, regarding this date that, in this episode today. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not going for a second date. I blocked him. He has my fake number, so I don't even worry about that, but I blocked him on like, um, the apps, but yeah, it was a horrible, horrible second part of the date. And he just thought it was amazing. Like he was even like, can I come back up tomorrow and see you? And I was like, no, uh, uh-uh, no. And then he tried to like kiss me at the end. And I was like, you do not kiss me. Like I was such a bitch. Like I, at the end I was such a bitch, but he was so fucking obnoxious to me. Um, anyways. Um, and then there's a new guy that I've been talking to that I'm vibing with and I like him a lot. I'm digging him. Um, I shouldn't say like him a lot, but I like him. Um, we've been talking for about a week now. He, his stage name is going to be the tall glass of water because he is six, four, Um, and he's very handsome. Um, he's like athletic, um, very outdoorsy, adventurous type guy. Like this weekend he went on a fucking two day mountain bike ride. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck years on a mountain bike are. Um, and next weekend he's going fishing, like night fishing or like the whole week. I don't know. His dad's flying in and they're going fishing for the weekend. Um, and then the weekend after that, he's going up to some like hiking trail for like a couple days. Like he's very adventurous and I'm like, yeah, I'll just, um, let you do all that. And I'll be over here, like getting a pedicure. Just have a great day. But um, he's really cool. I like him. Um, the only thing about him is he lives like an hour and 45 minutes away, which is pretty far. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I have a huge update for you guys. Um, this isn't my victory. We're going to get to my victory next. Topaz. Let's remember Topaz for a second. Hate Topaz. Love sex with Topaz is back. Um he found me on an app. He, I guess he deleted me off snap. He deleted my phone number when he got that girlfriend. Um, they're not together anymore. And he's just like, hi, where are you? Where have you been? Blah, blah, blah. And the funniest shit is he's trying to make small talk with me, even though he knows that him and I hate each other. Like we can't have small talk. Like, I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's just leave it as it is. Um, but obviously I responded to him and I talked to him and it was so funny because like within like 15 messages in, I was like, yeah, shut the fuck up. When am I seeing you? And he was like, I didn't know how to bring that up, but I'm glad you brought it up. Like, what are you doing this weekend? (laughs) Um, so he's 
maybe back. I haven't seen him yet, but we did come in contact with each other, which I haven't seen Topaz since like February, maybe. Um, no, it was before that. I would say maybe like December. Um, but another update is the student. I blocked the student and I took him off of, um, like social media, meaning like Snapchat. And he hasn't came by the house. He hasn't like tried to contact me. He hasn't tried to re-add me or anything on Snapchat. So the other day, this is bothering me because you're not allowed to like forget about me. So I go to like request him on Snapchat or add him back as a friend. And it tells me that like the user doesn't exist. Like I, I couldn't find him. Like he, I couldn't send him a message. And I was like, what in the actual fuck? He deleted me? Like, he blocked me? Like, guys, I that doesn't happen to me. Like, you can't do that to me. Like, I can do it to you, but you can't do it to me. So now I'm, like, puzzled. Like, he must have found out how fucking hot he is. Or he has someone else. Or I don't know. Like, I'm really dumbfounded by it. I can't even, like. I don't know. It's cracking me up because I'm like, what the fuck? What happened to my student? Um, But either way. So right now, Tina's still very single. Tina is still playing the field, um, not sleeping with anyone. I'm basically a born again virgin at this point. Um, And that's it. Okay. Um, Now, I had the biggest fucking victory this week. Let me tell you. So I am a dates person. I remember dates. I remember numbers. I am just that person, always have been that person. And um, I, because of that, like shit happens to me when dates come around, meaning I actually have, in a sense, like trauma because of date, um, certain dates or whatever. Um And meaning like when the date comes around that I found out about the first affair or Sue or just bad things, I remember those dates. I start to have like anxiety before them. I start losing sleep. Like it's actually, it actually takes a toll on me. So, um, this past week, um, it was September 1st and September 1st is mine and my ex's wedding anniversary. Usually I dread that day. Usually I'm really sad about it. Like kind of go down memory lane, reminisce, don't know if I'm supposed to say like happy anniversary, remind him type shit, right? This has been going on. This is now what our third anniversary that we're, we don't celebrate. So this has been going on for three years. And um, because when I was pregnant, he didn't celebrate our anniversary with me. Like he didn't even acknowledge it. So, um, that would have been year one, two, three. Yeah. Okay. So we're in three. So, um, anyways, it was September 1st. I didn't realize it. I didn't even realize it was coming. Nothing, nothing at all. I, nothing at all. But we have this old man friend, um, who's a family friend that, um, just remembers everything. He's just a really good man one of the best men you'll ever meet. And he sent a text at like six o'clock in the evening. And he was like, I almost forgot to tell you guys, happy anniversary. I love you guys, blah, blah, blah. Right. 
And so I'm like, holy fuck, today's our anniversary or was our anniversary. I don't even know how you say that anymore. And it, it threw me off. I was completely like, what the fuck? I didn't remember our anniversary. And it was followed immediately with, holy shit, I'm growing. (laughs) This is one hell of a victory. I didn't remember our anniversary and I'm only three years in. Like I know people who have been divorced for 10 years and they still remember their anniversary and they still have a hard day with it and blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy. And it wasn't even like I was super busy, like with clients or anything. Like I just had a day at home with the kids. I think we went to the park. Like it was just a normal day and I just didn't, it didn't hit me. And, um, so I was like, oh wow, like crazy. So of course I tell the guy, the old man, thank you. And as does he, um, he tells, he tells him, thank you. Like, we're not going to be like, no, like, don't, you know, this man doesn't know we're not together either. He's really old and we just figured we're not going to rock his life at all. So he still thinks we're together. We only see him separately. We do both see him a lot, but we see him separately and he hasn't put two and two together. So it's just, it is what it is. So we both just say thank you to him and that's it. Well, he ends up, this is a funny story to me. He ends up, um, FaceTiming, my ex FaceTimes the kids every night to say goodnight. Um, it's just what we do when each other has them. And, um, he called to FaceTime the kids goodnight and I'm thinking, and it, he wasn't home. Like he was out and about or doing whatever. And, um, I can tell because I can obviously see him on FaceTime And it looked like he was dressed to, like, go out. I'm not sure, but it does. So then, like, 20 minutes later, after he's done FaceTiming, like, we get another text message from the old man's daughter, who also remembered. And she sends a text, and she's like, happy anniversary, guys. I hope you guys got to do something special. Like, I love you guys, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, holy shit. So I like respond, thank you to it. And then literally like 20 minutes after that old man remember, like sends another message like, Hey, did his daughter text us because he wanted to make sure that she, you know, did what she was supposed to do. And I'm like, yeah, she did. And he responds like, yes, she did. But it was so funny to me because I thought like, if I was on a date or out with someone and like my phone's going off telling me happy anniversary as I'm sitting at a table with someone else like that's fucking weird um so I don't know if he was I don't know what he was doing but I just like thought that would be funny anyways um but I am so incredibly proud of myself that my giant victory it seems so small but it's a giant victory that I pushed that date out of my head And it caused me no pain, no grief, no sadness, nothing. When that day rolled around, I didn't realize it was that day. I didn't feel anything. And I still don't. I still didn't look at it. Like, once I realized that it was that day, I didn't look at it like, oh my gosh, how sad. I mean, I did, like, think about the our wedding day because it was fucking epic. But, um... I didn't think like, oh, like we fucked everything up. Like I, not at all. And it was just, that was such a freaking huge, like relief to me that I was able to do that. 
Um, same, once I realized that, I realized, um, only like five days ago, uh, five days before our anniversary is when I found out about Sue. So, um, I also didn't feel that, like, I didn't think like when the day came of Sue, I didn't have bad thoughts and things like that. Like, I was just like, whatever, just went about my day. I didn't even realize it was it until my anniversary came. Then I was like, oh, wow. Um, then you just kind of go back in memory lane, but the thing is you just go back really quick this time. So it was just like, I don't know. It was really cool. So if you guys are in this healing process, it gets better. It gets better guys. Like you're going to get there. Like I never thought in my entire life, if you know me, you know, I know detail, you know, I pay attention to all kinds of shit like this. And I was able to just be like, Oh, it's done. It's over. Bye. Like nothing at all. It was so fucking crazy to me. Um, took me three years, but I did it. I'm there. Okay. So today's episode, we're going to have a little bit of girl talk, guys. I think bitches and fellas, I think it's time we do this. I'm coming upon too much shit that's going on that, I mean, maybe it's just for me. Maybe it's for all of you, but I'm, we're going to need to talk about etiquette. I'm, I'm getting sick of these bitches. I'm getting sick of these bitches. So, If you know me, you know I am the type of person who is pretty much down for anything. Um, And I am also a girl's girl. And I am also a guy's girl. I am, I can adapt to any situation. And I am pretty free with my mouth. I don't worry about things at all. I don't care what people think about me. I live kind of by the tune of my own drum, but I'm very respectful. Like, I try to be very respectful. Okay. On top of that, I am a protector by nature. And for whatever reason, I'm a protector of girls. I feel like it is my job to protect girls. I don't know why, but I am. So, we're going to talk about a few things here. One. I have noticed that there are too many fucking jealous girls in this world. I am so tired of the jealousy that reigns on all this shit. We all know I got in a fight with the first, the grandma whore, the first affair that 